Welcome to the Urban Income Show, where we speak with CEOs, CMOs, CTOs, founders, and other executives who are minorities or in underserved communities to learn about their strategies for success. I'm your host, Laval Chichester, CEO of Growth Skills and Urban Income. Today's episode features Zahir Koja. Um, Zahir is the Chief Ex Executive Officer of WAVE, a comprehensive platform that provides award-winning accounting, invoicing, payroll, payment, uh, and payment solution solutions, right? Um, as, and also uh, a bookkeeping service. In his role, um, Zaire is focused on enabling small business owners to manage their money, allowing them to do what they do best, which is focusing on their business growth. Zaire has always had a passion for small business and enabling um, financial access for all. So I'm very proud to have him on the show. Zaire, welcome. Thanks, Laval. It's great to be here. Thanks for having yeah, me. Of course. And so how, how do you introduce yourself to, uh, to people? Well, first of all, my name is Zaire Koja. Um, I'm a father. Uh, I've got a lovely wife at home and two beautiful daughters who are eight and five. Um, I'm also the CEO of Wave. That's amazing. And, um, and so what's your background? And I love that you start with family because I, I think as people grow in their career, they sometimes lose that. So I love that, you know, you're not just the CEO of Wave, your family's is, is core to you. And, totally. and where, where were you born? What's your background? And does any of that tie into the, 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 the family ties and, and any of your success? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're all part, we all started out as, and we all are part of a, a part of a family, right? That makes our identity. It gives us our values and who we are as, as people and how we represent ourselves then in the workplace. So um, I'm a South African born Canadian. I left South Africa during apartheid while my parents left South Africa during apartheid. I was uh, at the age of five and I grew up in, in Vancouver which I like to call home, although I do live in San Francisco today. Um, I watched my parents. You, you asked about how does all of that play into, into my life and my career. I watched my parents come to Canada as immigrants. Um, my father with an elementary school education, my, my mother with a secondary school education. And I watched my father hustle and do very... Um, both labor jobs and uh, service level jobs. And I watched the work ethic that he put into everything that he did. And I use that as my, as my touchstone for everything that I did because coming to the country with a five-year-old child uh, and the equivalent of $1,500 in your pocket uh, is a tough thing. And it's easy to, it's easy to play victim uh, and rely on social services. What my father and, and my mother decided to do was really invest time into demonstrating to me and then seven years later, my sister, that the art of hustling, the art of learning and being the best at what you do will really help you to, to move that forward. And so, you know, when I was 15 years old, I started up my own small business. It, yeah, it was called Spotless Cleaning Services. Um, I knew how to make my bed at home. I knew how to vacuum the house because those were my chores. <laughs> so I figured, let me take this trade and make some money and go somewhere uh, and see if somebody will pay me. So I went to 
the local plaza where they had a dry cleaner and a baker and, you know, um, plaza type stores. And I said, who, who keeps your place clean after hours? And, you know, the, sometimes they were like, nobody, we do, we have somebody. And I'm like, can I do it? And here's what I will charge. And so that's how I started up my summer business. And, you know, over the years, I've, I've built on, on that. It was something that I, I did during high school. Um, and it got me through school, put pocket money or money in my pocket that allowed me to do things that teenage uh, kids do during that time. But over the time, it's, it's really helped to fuel my career because it taught me that it's not that you need to actually be, uh, that you actually need to know the trade. But if you invest into the trade and you really hustle and you understand who are the decision makers and you understand who are the influencers, that you can be amazing at anything that you want to do. And so really growing up, the watching my father and my mother hustle, um, you know, to the point where my father actually started up his own car dealership and was successful with it uh, and was able to put us all through school, that really, uh, that's really been a touchstone for me developing my career. And I continue to lean back on that today. That's incredible. Um, and for everyone, everyone listening, like you have to understand what you're doing now or what you, the businesses, you know, you might have done or hustles or whatever you've done, even if they failed, um, there's always something to learn. And even if what you're currently doing right now might not seem like it's working out, take the lessons that you're learning and then carry them forward. Right. Um, Absolutely. No, that's a, That's really incredible. And it's so cool that you've now built wave to help um, other entrepreneurs be successful in some of like just the awful things that like, like I'm very good at SEO. That's what I like search engine optimization. I, I love it, but I hate the finances. And luckily my brother has that degree <laughs> bookkeeping, but it's really smart that, that you have this sort of solution. So I love that. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah. So you, you, you talk about, um, immigration, you talk about work ethic and what advice, I guess, would you give to someone who, who looked like you or who immigrated? You've gone from, you know, you, you came from South Africa to Canada and then now you're, you're in, in America. Um, what advice would you give to, to anyone who's made the, that type of journey? Yeah. So I'll give you a bit of background. So after I finished, I finished, uh, you know, my university in Canada, I got a job uh, working at Pepsi. I was a brand manager for Mountain Dew. Fast forward, I ended up working for two major telcos in Canada. So I learned a lot about the telecommunications trade. And I learned from the CEOs of those two organizations. I watched them. And I picked what I thought was great. And I discarded what I thought was not so great or not something that resonated well with me. And post that, I, I had the privilege to then take what was core to me in, in helping others. So one of the key things that my family has always done and continues to do is give back to our community, whether it be through time, through knowledge, or through financial services or through financial means, is giving back. And so an opportunity came to me to go to Afghanistan. And I at first, I looked at it and went, not a chance. I watch TV like everybody, and that's not what I want to do. But when I got to learn and really unpack the opportunity, it was to help 
the population of Afghanistan, where 98% of the population is unbanked, right? And so 3% of them were only served by a financial institution. And so having that opportunity avail itself to me, I took advantage of that. And I went there and I built a business called M-Pesa. I learned M-Pesa from Kenya, where it was very successful in 2006. So in 2008, I go to Afghanistan and I do this. And I tell you this because that really helped to shape me as an individual. And it allowed me to give back. I then went on to move to a company called MasterCard, which you're probably very familiar with. Uh, in Singapore, where I served as a CEO for a joint venture to bring mobile money and telecom, the two things that I was good at now, uh, to multiple markets around the world. And I had a career in MasterCard that went from Singapore to Dubai to New York, then joined a company called Afterpay, which was in the buy now, pay later space, and worked with them through the acquisition to Square which landed in August of 2021 for 29 billion. Why do I share all that to give you career advice? Is because my advice is don't overplan your life. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's brilliant. I, honestly. I did not plan any of that. Yeah. Right? I did not know that I was going to have a career in packaged goods at Pepsi, but it was what I did after university. I did not know that the skills I was going to learn from there were transferable into telecommunications, which was going to land me in a thing from telecom to money. And eventually today, I'm the CEO of Wave running a business that allows small business entrepreneurs to make their lives easier on the back end so that they can do what they do on the front end and make their lives easier. The, the second thing that's really important is be yourself, right? I came to Canada as a five-year-old, and I can tell you, and I won't say all the words on this uh, on this recording here, but I'm sure you can appreciate the different name-calling that happened because of how I look, right? And at times, you want to have imposter syndrome. You want to say, okay, if I'm getting called that, that means I don't look like that, and I want to fit in, so I'm going to look like that. Well, guess what? The beauty of business the beauty of friendship, the beauty of family is that we all get to be different. And it's the different, it's the sum of those differences that actually create the spark that make it all come together. And so, you know, I would say, don't overplan your life and be yourself. And if you focus on something that you're passionate about with your heart and you invest with your mind into learning the trade and being the best at the trade that you possibly can be, boom, you bring heart and mind together and possibilities are endless. I think, I mean, that's incredible. I really have nothing to add to that. <laughs> I think that that's spot, spot on. What I think I noticed in what you and your, your whole journey, you were willing to take a risk, right? And you, you said yes to like, you know, going to Afghanistan and doing that is like, that's a risk, but you said yes. And I would imagine there's incredible things that you learned about not only, not only just people, but like under like un, that underbanking opportunity is incredibly huge. So imagine having learning that there and then being able to bring that elsewhere because 
there's, you know, when you look at stats in the U.S. when I was working with Western Union, too, there's yeah. a lot of immigrants. There's so many, uh, let's just say, Hispanic immigrants are underbanked as well. And there's, you know, so we were tackling that thing, too, because I, I couldn't imagine what it was like in, in Afghanistan. What was the most important thing you learned from that experience in Af- Afghanistan? I, w- I would say there's multiple things that I learned from there. But, um, you know, coming from the Western world where you have all these things at your fingertips. You have school, you have running water, you have heat, hot water, parents at home that care for you, schools. And you get to a place like Afghanistan where any one of those would be a privilege. So it really grounds you from a humility perspective to realize that there are parts of this world today that don't have everything. And driving for me, driving financial inclusion was not only about Drive, uh, allowing them to put money into a bank and having the bank make money and M-Pesa make money through the whole thing. But it was about creating identity, right? Most people do not participate in banking or any activity because they feel they don't belong. And when they feel they don't belong, they've already sized themselves out of that opportunity. And what we wanted to do is say, you belong and you have a mobile phone in your hand, and you can now do things that anybody can do at a bank, including peer-to-peer money transfer, buying airtime, sending money to loved ones, paying your bills. You can do all of that from your mobile phone. And by the way, you have an identity now. You have a digital footprint, which tomorrow, if you need access to greater funds, you actually have that footprint where you can walk into a lender, a bank, and say, Look at my business or look at me as a, per, as, a, as a personal human being and look what I've been transacting. Can you lend me this much so I can continue to grow my business or pay for my kids' school, et cetera? And so it was digital inclusion to create an identity, which was then driven by financial inclusion. And, you know, if I if I borrow a phrase from a mentor of mine, Ajay Banga, who is now the president of the World Bank, but used to be the CEO of MasterCard, he said, there's nothing wrong with doing well by doing good. And so there's no sin in making money when you provide good services for people. Hey, and right? I mean, that, that should be the, you know, what's the what's the alternative? <laughs> the alternative is right. bad at making money, you know what I mean? So like. I think I think that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, the lessons learned are are along the way. Right. They were, you know, humility and understanding how to serve uh, the underbanked in Afghanistan. It was understanding that you could. It's okay to make money mm-hmm. uh, when you're when you're doing good for people and for communities and, and businesses. Um, and it's okay to be a voice and be heard and be yourself to represent this community that is underserved so that they can get on their own two feet and they can serve themselves as well. You've heard the, you've heard the saying, right? If you teach a person to fish, they can get fed for a day. Sorry, you, you give a person a fish, they're fed for a day. Mm-hmm. You teach them to fish and they're, they're fed for life. And Absolutely. that's really the mantra here is that how do we ensure that, you know, the people using our services and the things I've done in the past actually know how to fish so that they can feed themselves for lives. Absolutely. That that is actually the thesis of of what we've done with growth skills from our learning platform 
teaching people search engine optimization, that kind of thing, so that they could get a job and just urban income. I think what I what I have a question. So you've been a, a CEO for multiple companies, correct? Right. Yeah. Now Wave is Wave is your own. You founded Wave. I did not found Wave. Wave was oh. found twelve years ago by two okay. gentlemen um, who had had a very similar mindset that small business is underrepresented. Mm-hmm. And small business is, you know, have costs that they have to incur up front. And For we don't sure. want to bear that cost onto them. And we want them to have the ability, the freedom to start. And then as they continue to grow, we can start to exchange value. And so 12 years, the founder was here. He did a remarkable job in setting the foundation for this business. And ironically, Laval, today's my one-year anniversary as the CEO of Wave. So here I am talking to you on my one year. (laughs) Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. And and, this ties into the next question is like, so now I'm, and you're the person to, to, I think, really answer this. Like, what do you, what does it take to be a successful CEO? And I'll, I'll add to this. I was a chief marketing officer. I, I was like top guy in agencies, and none of that. I think like just the CEO role is so hard and so different. Um, like, what advice would you? And everyone, even if you're like a. a, a a creator just working for yourself or you're running a, a barbershop or, or a bank or whatever. And, and you're the, you're the CEO, you know, it's hard. So what advice do you have um, to be a good CEO? First of all, I would say have an owner's mindset. Okay. That means understanding the things that will help you to grow your business and who actually helps you to grow your business. So having an, an obsession with your customer, and that doesn't mean that you're just, you know, sh- sharing the love all the time. It means understanding what is the day in the life of your customer so that you can provide solutions that matter for them throughout the journey. And the second thing is having a commercial mindset. And if you are, if you're thinking commercially, if you're thinking, how can I best build that solution in a cost effective way that allows me to bring it to market? which is not going to be something that is absurd to my customer, that is great. If you're thinking about how can I do that in a way that actually is profitable for me as a business owner, that is a good thing as well. And it's, it's challenging. It's challenging because the third component of this is you need people to do that. And so it's really, you got to have empathy for the people. You've got to have the right programs in place to ensure that there's career development for your people, that there's training for your people, and that they buy into the vision and the mission, not just the role, but they actually feel like owners. So when they're making a business decision, it's in the best interest of the business financially, but it's also in the best interest of the customer because at the end of the day, your customer is the one that's voting with their wallet. And if you're delighting them at every part of that journey and they feel that you're actually in their corner to take care of them, that's where, you know, they're going to continue to be loyal to you. So in Wave or any other business that I've run, it's really employing that owner's mindset. And if you do that, I think both at your professional and your personal level, you'll start to see that development because it makes you accountable beyond just the transactional part of what your role may be. Got it. And so I, I, you said 
from uh, everyone listening on the commercial end, that sort of commercial mindset means that don't lose money. Like have a product <laughs> where you're not losing money on your product, right? Um, and that's even if you're freelancing, like your time is valuable. Don't don't lose money 100%. On, on that. On that. Uh, and then, you know, on the on the pricing aspect, what he's saying is make sure that your customers could afford your price. And that's a lot like maybe talk a little bit about product market fit because that's a lot people have trouble with that right and i think yep. from an entrepreneur standpoint some people have trouble they're underpriced like so you know and honestly being taken advantage when they should they should charge more how do you figure out that pricing part and where where this where there's a ceo cuz like i've been in companies where the product team has a say the cfo has a say like where does the ceo land in all of that yeah i think you know, again, I anchor everything to customer experience and the customer, if you're, if you're giving a positive customer experience, the customer will assign value to that and that value can go up or can go down. So just because you've got the greatest product in the world, if how you sell that product and how you service that product and how you continue to evolve that product is at a failing grade level, it doesn't matter how great the product is. You are not going to be able to get the most amount out of the market for it, right? And the market will dictate that, look, we are willing to spend this or we're not willing to spend this amount on, on the product. And so it's really anchoring to, I look at it and I anchor it to customer experience. How is my customer going to experience this product when they buy it, when they use it, when they need it, when they need service? And ultimately, when we continue to evolve the product based on their needs and through that journey, if we can ensure that that is a flawless or a frictionless process for my customer, they will continually be able to use it to grow their business, which is ultimately our goal. And the exchange of value becomes something very simple. Oh, and, and they're going to go get you more customers because they're going to tell their friends. 100%. Right? Yes. Like, no, that's that. That's yeah, that's uh that's a great answer. Um, yeah. And so what did, I would say, what advice would you give to, you know, new leaders coming through who, who want to build and lead, lead a company? Let's say not the CEO level, there's, you know, maybe VP and that or VP and under that, that type of thing, SVP maybe. Yeah. I, I, honestly, it's not, it, it doesn't vary too much. Laval is, Whatever you're going to do, make sure that your your heart and mind are connected, right? So that you're not doing the role simply for an income perspective, but it's something that you're passionate about. My father always used to tell me, whatever you want to be in life, you know, coming from, you know, an Indian background, it was very much, you know, pushed upon us that you're going to be a professional of some sort, uh, doctor, dentist, lawyer, Right. My father was the opposite. He said, whatever you want to be, just be the best at it. Just be the best at it and understand who does it the best and what are the qualities that you can take from them. And so whether you're going to be a VP, you're going to be a director, um, you know, it's your first job out of college into, into an organization, understand the business that you're getting into 
understand the role and what your contribution to the organization is from that role and master it and master it. It's just like sports, right? If you look at the best athletes today, they make life look pretty simple, but behind the scenes, they are training. They are watching tape all day long of competitors, of uh, people who are better than them. They are playing and, you know, are training with people that are better than them. Why? So, because when they show up on game day for their team, it just looks like butter on toast. They are awesome, but all the background, you know, effort that is required has gone into it. And that would be my advice is, you know, whatever you're going to do, just be the best, be the best. There is no role in this world that is to be ashamed of. Every role is part of our ecosystem today. Um, and I think you should be proud of it and just, you know, do your best in there. I want to touch base on one point you meant you, you also brought up, which was, um, you know, small business entrepreneurs typically don't know how to price, right? How do I price my service? Um, and there's also a mindset of, well, I'm a small business. I'm not the big guy or I'm not a big corporate. I don't trade on a stock exchange or anything. So maybe I can't charge as much. Well, that's not necessarily true. A majority of jobs and a majority of the GDP that's generated in this world today is from small business. So collectively, you are the biggest in the world, collectively. And so I'm not saying that you should go out there with premium pricing, but if you're offering premium service, don't be afraid to go out and charge for, with a premium price. Because again, your customer is going to value the exchange that they're getting for the service that you're providing to them. If they wanted to go corporate, they wouldn't be talking to you. So they're talking to you for a reason and you should not be afraid to charge market pricing, premium pricing. If they want the work done tonight and not in a week, well, guess what? Your time is worth something. And so it's okay to charge for that. And part of what we do at Wave and part of my my vision is that we will become that voice for small business. So when the world wants to have a, an opinion on what's happening on small business, wants to know where to put investment dollars, it's not always going to consumer-led stuff, but it's going towards development of small business opportunities so that these entrepreneurs and solopreneurs can continue to, you know, to start and grow their business. Well, then let's 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 get into that. What what does Wave do? Because from what I see, it's like it it looks incredible. It's like you could be my back office for the things I absolutely hate doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love booking. Bookkeeping says no one, right? Except for a bookkeeper. Yeah, who should be who should love it. That's yeah. why they're doing it. And this this old bookkeeper accountant, she was like, I hate it. Can you teach me SEO? And now she's on yes. that. She's like, oh, look at that. Yeah. So they don't even like it. <laughs> totally. And that's that's what we do. We provide a one-stop money management solution for service-based small businesses. So to your point, you don't have to worry about the back office thing. If what you do is provide marketing consulting services for your com your customers, that's where your heart and mind are together, right? The necessary back office stuff, you're going, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to do it. 
that's okay. We take care of that for you. So we do, we provide invoicing solutions. We do accounting solutions, payroll. If you want to hire somebody, we're not talking large um, corporate payroll. We're talking, you want to hire one to 10 people? We've got you. We do um, payments. So one of the biggest things that um, small businesses you know, have trouble with is managing cash flow. And it's not because they don't have business. It's because the customers that they do business with will delay payment to them because for whatever reason. And so by offering card payments or bank payments directly on the invoice, you now are able to get your money in T plus one, right? You can now manage your cash flow. If you need to buy new equipment, you need to hire somebody, you can pay them, you can buy that new equipment. And so we provide payroll services. And I know you're going to love this one because I know how much you love bookkeeping. We provide coaching and bookkeeping services through our wave advisors, right? And so when it comes time to pay the IRS or in Canada here, the CRA, you're not having to scramble. We've got you covered. And so we take care of all the, you know, the back office things so you don't have to, and you can go do what's important to you and grow your business and make your passion reach its potential. I think there's a, I think there's a partnership here because we just, so we would just solve this on, on, on the personal side, right? So, you know, there's urban income, we're helping you manage your finance. So we just brokered a deal with Chronify, which is literally software to run your own PNL for yourself, right? And and uh, I think we should talk because, you know, we, we, we could do the same thing because all we're trying to do is offer the best. We're not going to build it. We are, we're going to get people and show them the way. And um, and what I really like about you is there's a lot of, there's a lot of CEOs who try to, who pretend that they're like kind and nice. And I could, I could feel and tell that. And the advice that you're giving is spot on. It's like, you know, be a, be a good human being and um, and you can make money as you're doing good. I think that really helps. So I think, I think there's something there and I think helping them, I love that you have the coaching aspect of it because a tool is just a tool, right? Like I could, if I'm a carpenter and I have a hammer, I could still break my, bang my finger. <laughs> you know what I mean with that hammer? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I like that Wave has that, 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 that service, um, the, the coaching uh, element of that because I think that's huge. Um, that sort of ongoing guidance. Um, when 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 you say small business, like definition of small business in the U.S. is crazy. Like, can I, as a, a solo entrepreneur, one person, maybe I'm I'm freelancing on Fiverr. Can I sign up? Can I use Wave? Absolutely, and we are meant for you. So we actually, you know, our our target customer is a service based customer who uses invoicing as their primary tool of getting paid and that's our customer so anything from the creator economy where you're talking about um, photographers and designers to landscapers um, you know pool cleaners etc anybody who sends an invoice to a customer as a solopreneur or as an entrepreneur who may have one to ten employees that's who our customer is because Again, going back to, you know, the ethos of, of all of this and why I'm so passionate and in love with what I do is we are serving communities. 
and community and, and businesses that are in these communities. And these businesses are more than likely employing people in their community. And so when you start to create economic um, wealth within the community, the community prospers, right? And that's where you start to see things happen. And that's what, you know, that's the, that's the exciting part here. So, you know, we are, we are built for you, Laval. So that, hey, I, I believe it. And you're doing something cool. So I, I saw Wave and, and, and the Shorty Awards. You, you created a joint fund for creative entrepreneurs called, uh, what's it? The Elevate, Elevate Creative Fund. Tell, tell yeah. me about it. That's cool. Yeah. So again, going back to this whole thing of giving back and creating opportunity for, for small business. Um, when we got presented with the opportunity to do this with the shorties, we jumped all over it. Um, the Elevate Creatives Fund is a $100,000 fund. So it's five uh, companies will win $20,000 each to help them start their business and, and or grow their business. In addition to that, they will get coaching and bookkeeping services from Wave Advisors to really help them uh, with that on the back in the background. Um, the submissions for entry are due on September 15th. We will be making the selection in November. From everything that I've seen so far from the entries that are coming in, they're awesome. It's going to be a tough selection process because there's some really good uh, good entries that have come in. But again, you know, coming together with the shorties to really help this. Um, this segment of small business called the creator economy to give them, you know, a stepping stone to build on so that they can grow their business. That's exciting. And that's exactly why we did it. No, I think that's really cool. And I, 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 this all comes full circle based on what you, what you were saying earlier, where you learned that being yourself in order to be some of these create, like look at Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast, like one of the, like makes crazy money. But he's being himself, right? And you know, I and it just literally goes back to the advice that you gave. He wasn't trying to be anyone else. And and any a lot of these creators that that's what they're going out and doing. They're being themselves. They have a very unique angle on what they're saying, whether it's an influencer. And I, I think some people, you know, hate that word or or they think bad about about it. But you even see it from a from a, a business standpoint, LinkedIn, there's a ton of people now out there that are growing their brand um, and whether it, it, it is to promote a business or their, their own their own personal brand, I think it's important. And then having support from, from someone like you and even that, that partnership with the Shorty Awards, I think that's really cool. Um, I love it. Uh, so let, let's talk about AI. Um, how is any of this? Are you using this to, to weaving in AI or anything like that to help small businesses within Wave? Yeah. So I think you know, there's AI is obviously a hot topic this year. Um, there's 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 a lot of buzz around it, and I think it will have it's going to have some positive impact for small businesses. Um, it will help them create efficiencies to work smarter and spend more time really doing what they do best instead of you know, some of the, uh, the menial tasks that they don't like doing. Um, you know, as a company, we're, we're always listening to our customers and figuring out the best way in which we can add value to what we offer to them. Uh, and AI and machine, machine, machine learning will only help us to deliver against that. So we're continuing to, to listen and learn. Um, we, 
you know, and as the as the market need from our customer evolves, where AI becomes a, a greater component of it, absolutely, I think that's something that we will we will bring to them. That's amazing. What are you most proud of that you've done in the past three years? Well, um, let me take you back a little bit. So I talked about you know the 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 ethos and the values of my family, which is about giving back, whether it's time, knowledge, or money, or a combination of the three. Um, and you know, what, the best advice I ever got was it feels better to give than to get. And I can't tell you how true that is. And so when I look back at, you know, when I look back at my, at my career, I've had the privilege of spending time in underserved economies and helping underserved customers, whether it be, you know, consumers or merchants grow and, I'm now able to bring that into wave where we're talking about a segment of the economy that is flourishing and is growing very fast, you know, with remote work, more people are creating side hustles with inflation. People don't necessarily want to give up things. They want to continue buying it. So they create a side hustle to make sure that they can make money for it. Um, and I'm able to bring a lot of those learnings forward into, into what we do here at wave. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, Proud and privileged is a better word. Privileged of the opportunities that I've had through my career that allow me to, you know, now be in an environment where I can bring this to small and micro businesses that Wave supports and and really help them flourish. And you know, it, it warms my heart dearly when I hear from customers, whether they reach out to me on LinkedIn or other avenues, and tell me how Wave has helped them not only grow their business, but has made a difference to their family or to their community. Um, you know, it, it really, that is the biggest dividend uh, payout that I've had. And it's, it's awesome. That's amazing. And I, I can imagine, like, imagine you're in a tech company, all the waves of layoffs of people getting fired. A lot of those people are going to start something. And I think having a, a company like Wave support them in that mission is would be the lifeline they need, you know? I think that's I think that's very honorable. Um, what do you w wish you did with your money sooner? <laughs> well, I wish I listened to my parents, right? Um, <laughs> they, they told me that, you know, a, a penny found is a penny saved, and I didn't listen to that. I found the penny, and I went and bought bubblegum with it um, <laughs> because I didn't understand the power of compound interest. Yeah. And – when you save, you know, um, you, you pay yourself, right? You find the dollar or you earn the dollar. It's okay because we all love to be treated by with things. It's mm -hmm. okay to do that. But pay yourself first and watch that money grow. Mm. Um, number two is think long term um, about your money. Don't think in the short term. And I'll give you an example. And, you know, I... I I'm always scared to use the example because it kind of sheds light onto a bad decision that I made, which was good at the time, which is I actually bought Amazon stock once upon a time when it traded at $17. Oh, okay? wow. But I sold it at $35. There you go. Because you want that quick flip. But that's a common mistake. And I, I, this is what your advice is going to, this is what your story tells, but continue. <laughs> no, I was just going to say like, it's at the time it was great. I doubled my money. Right. And you know, when I doubled my money, what did I do? I went and bought some consumable things that made me happy for the time. And 
I invested some of it, but we all know the story. Had I kept my $17 Amazon, it would have changed a whole bunch of things financially. And so have patience, have a, you know, have a financial plan. It's okay to, you know, spend your money. We all earn it to spend it, but have a financial plan, understand the power of compound interest. It does work in your favor. And, you know, based on that, have some goals that you set, whether it be to treat yourself, to buy things that will, you know, return investment to you over a longer period of time, um, or whether it's to, you know, invest into the stock market or the real estate market or whatever, but have some patience. And, you know, as a teenager, I didn't take that to heart. I earned money through spotless cleaning and I went and bought a bunch of stuff and, you know, here we are. So. And the only thing I'll add to that is it's never too late. Start now. Like, just do never, it now never too because late. don't have the mindset of like, oh, it's too late. I might as well just start now. Um, and I'm also talking to myself because I have, I, I suffer from a very similar should have listened, <laughs> should have started sooner. But, you know, now we're we're here. Um, usually I ask for, you know, if 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 there's a leader you would like to um you think would be amazing on the show. I'm going to skip that and we could talk about that. I'm going to skip that one, but what's the, sure. let, let's think about this. What's the nicest? Cause I'm probably sure, you know, a lot of amazing people. Cause it, like they say, real recognizes real. I think, you know, birds of a feather and all of that. Um, what's the nicest thing someone's ever done for you? I actually want to take this back to my grandmother, God rest her soul, who gave me the best advice, which was be humble always connect with people regardless of their rank and regardless of their role and always remember this because at the end of the day we are all human we all breathe the same air we all have red blood and we all leave this earth with nothing not even the shirt on our back and so you know be humble um doesn't matter how much you make it doesn't matter what the three letters are next to your role or your title or what your title is, at the end of the day, we're all here to help each other do well. And so if you have the means by which to help other people, do it. And you, the, the gratitude, the personal satisfaction that you get from there will be multiplied. That's the family side of the equation. On the professional side of the equation, the nicest thing that somebody ever did for me was again uh, a mentor of mine named Ajay Banga who just put it into my mind that you can do well by doing good. And at the time I heard it, I didn't quite understand it until I saw it in practice and started to see how he implemented it. And that is stuck with me. So I did not come up with it. I am borrowing it from him, but it is something that sticks with me today. And I think if we employ that in our lives, professionally and personally, watch the world become a better place. No, I, I think both of those things are, are incredible. I want to share this with you real quick because yeah. I think it's it's important. I um, At Growth Skills, we believe in using our skills for good and, and building things that allow our team, our employees and staff to do that. So we built spreadlove.org, which is... Uh, just a tool 
that allows people to spread hope and inspiration via anonymous email. So let's say I know I have your email. I heard that, you know, God forbid, someone in your family has cancer. I could send you just a, a little kind note and all it asks, and it's anonymous because when someone receives this type of email, they don't know who it's from. So it's just a more powerful and you get, that's all you get. You don't get, the, you get, there's power in giving without receiving anything. And then all it right. asks is, is, you know, the person to send um, that information forward. But what I'm, I really care more, more about too is, and this is writing a book for us, right? But what we're doing is we're also fighting against the hate that that's risen on the internet, right? So you might think, so we're very good. Like I could have you rank for any keyword you want to rank for on a search engine, especially Google, right? So, you know, when people are typing in, are women evil, right? There's a, there's 880 searches a month for that. When you look at that, the, the responses are, yes, they are. Are Muslims evil? Are Jews evil? All these things. So we're using our skills to answer these questions and, and fill the internet with hope. And, and because, you know, there's a white supremacist who did a search and, um, and he found some false information and he shot up a, a black church because of it. I won't say his name, but that, that's huge. So, you know, I really love that. And I share this with you because if you're a graphic designer, or anyone listening, you run some sort of, some sort of, um, some sort of service where you touch the internet, you too can do stuff like this. It's not, and this is, we've tur now turned it into a nonprofit. And this is not about making money. This is literally using our skills to defend the internet and save lives. Right. And like, you know, I love that, you, you know, you're all about that and you've built that in, into wave and, and grandma spot on and, and your mentor is spot on. But anyone listening, like we all have to do our part and um and you know, a random man saved my life. So I feel like I have to I have to give give that back. Like one of the nicest things that ever happened to me is out of because of stress, I passed out and I fell head first into the train tracks in Manhattan, knocked out oh, cold, wow. and a random man saved my life. So in a world where people are like filming people like on the train tracks or randomness. Um, stress because I had a big advertising job and everyone manages stress. No matter how tough you are, it can't take you out. You know, random man saved my life. And so I'm all about using our skills for good because I think, I think the, the universe takes care of you really like, like, and I'm Absolutely. Crazy, but it does like, there's no reason I was just done. There's no reason this random person had to the come. universe got me off the tracks. No reason. <laughs> so totally. without that, I'd be mashed up. So we're focused on, we're very much on the same wavelength. And um, people use your skills for good. And it's not that you want the universe to give back. That's not the point. The point is no. you could still profit. And we're doing very well as an agency. So you could still profit in 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 um in giving back and, and making the world a better place. Because like you said, like grandma said, none of this is coming with you. So no. You just want to leave the world in a better place than when you came here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Zaire, this is fantastic. I, I'm going to take us out. So thank you for being here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Urban Income Show. I hope you found this episode informative and inspiring. Please remember to subscribe to our channel, follow us on social media, and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for watching and listening to this episode of the Urban Income Show. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube follow us on social, and visit 
UrbanIncome.com.